Legends. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. It's just embarrassing. I don't know why the high voice ever. What's out. happened? Like the last couple of weeks, you've been like randomly critiquing your own voice during yeah. our rejoins. It's just it's embarrassing. I, mean, I don't know what happened. This is the press box. He's just doing his own self critique. He's just listening to these rejoins, oh, disgusted in his own voice. Apparently, yeah. the only thing I'm not disgusted is whacking that thing around because it is me. With Grady and Bischoff. He literally, it's the exact same. It's, it's, it's the exact mimicking. same. Thing. Ed was a uh, was an actor at one point. He could mimic voices. <laughs> Child actor. On ESPN Las Vegas. Whacking that thing around. All right, here we go. Last day of the week, taking Thursday, Friday off. Hope you have a great holiday, Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Back in the studio today. And look at the World Cup. Good thing I'm not German or Argentinian. Yeah. What a nightmare. We just drew with Wales. Imagine losing to Saudi Arabia or losing to Japan. (laughs) What a disaster. It was a disaster. We did lose to Japan, though, like a month ago. It didn't count. It was a friendly, not in the World Cup, like some bums from Germany. Unbelievable. Not a crushed. good start for my pick. Oh, yeah. You picked Germany to win. Not a it. good start. Oh, are we doing the, the typical? Uh, no, you the do usual not bet? get the rest of the teams. <laughs> no. You do not get the rest no. of the teams. Uh, Germany actually looked really good in the first half, like the best they've looked in a long time. And then Japan just caved them in for about 15 minutes and scored twice. So good job, Germany. I'm proud of you. Now, the best part, Germany's got to go play Spain next. <sighs> might not get out of the group. They might not. It's. It, the the best part about upsets in the first uh, day of a group is that it usually sets up a phenomenal third day mm-hmm. because right. al- almost guaranteed the third day in the Argentina, Mexico, Poland, Saudi Arabia right. group is going to be phenomenal right. because most, who goes through. most likely all four teams will have a chance to go through or get eliminated. Right. And now with Japan beating Germany, it might be the same thing there where uh, Costa Rica is the other team in that group, I and believe. And Spain. Uh, where... All four teams, well, Costa Rica potentially is eliminated, but all four teams might be possible to go through or eliminate on the final day, and that's the best thing you can have. Unless it's you, you just want to be all the way through. But right. should be really fun. I'm excited. Good World Cup so far. The First Bite. The First Bite is brought to you by nobody. Which Las Vegas team will have the best weekend? What a weekend of sports coming up, buddy. It's going to be great. Everyone's, everyone's playing. Everyone's on the field. Everyone's on the ice. Everyone's on the court. I put it up as uh, a poll. Yeah, that's that's a good poll. Um, looking at all these situations and uh, options, I'm going to say UNLV basketball. Oh, they play Minnesota tonight and then Life Pacific. Life Pacific. <laughs> so I'm guaranteeing one win. And then Minnesota, uh, you've talked about their Ken Palm and that they're not very good. So... Have faith that they will be losing to the Gophers at halftime and uh, then make the strong run for the 42-40 win. Are, uh, are the Golden Knights good? Are we are we sure about the Golden Knights being good at the moment? I think they're good. They won nine in a row, but they've lost, uh, what is it, two of their last Three. four with two to the four. with one of those being the comeback win against Vancouver right. where yeah, you, they won. They absolutely won, but it's like didn't instill much confidence there. I, the Golden Knights schedule is Ottawa, Seattle, Vancouver. They should probably win all three. Yes, especially at home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hockey, so so some dumb things happen. But they should probably win all three and sort of reestablish their sort of run here. They're still in first in the Pacific, but sort of reestablish themselves as, oh, yeah, we we win most of the time we play. So I think those are the two teams, Golden Knights and UNLV basketball, that have 
uh, the easiest path to a good Thanksgiving week. But the team that has the biggest swing and outcomes is UNLV football. Mm-hmm. Because if UNLV football wins, they will beat Nevada. They'll win the cannon back. And like we talked about yesterday, they might be going to a bowl game at yeah. five and seven. A lot of stuff has to happen, right. but there's still an opportunity. If you missed it yesterday, there's a chance there's not enough six and six teams to fill all the bowl games. Therefore, they go to five and seven teams. And the way that they pick five and seven teams is by APR, academic progress rate. And UNLV actually has a very high academic progress rate, meaning UNLV will have a good chance to go to a bowl game if there are open slots because not enough teams got to six and six. But if they lose, then they lose to their biggest rival. They don't get the cannon back. They finish the year with seven straight losses, and they do not have any chance at going to a bowl game. And the coach might be fired. Like, I don't know if it will happen, but if they lose to Nevada, it's certainly a conversation about Marcus Arroyo's job security. So the Golden Knights and UNLV basketball sort of have the easiest path to a good weekend, but UNLV football has the opportunity for the best possible weekend out of these teams and the worst worst possible weekend weekend out of these teams and the worst possible weekend. Speaking of the Raiders. Yeah. Does theirs matter that much? I don't know if it matters, but if we're asking who's going to have the best weekend or the worst weekend, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're going to beat Seattle, so I'm not going to put them in the best weekend. But you're right. A UNLV loss would be much more worse than three and eight comparative to four and seven. Right. If the if the Raiders go to Seattle where they're underdogs and lose and fall to three and eight, it's three and eight. That's good. Right. Well, well, depends on spot. Yeah, depends on who whose point of view you're talking about. If you're Derek Carr, it's very much not good. It's but if not you're a Raiders you fan, <laughs> yes, if you're a Raiders fan, you should want them to lose. If you're Mark Davis, you should want them to lose. So the Raiders game doesn't actually have uh, very important stakes on it, right? Win or loss there, it's I'm sure they'll feel good about themselves if they beat Seattle. But win or loss, it's not too big of a deal. The main team playing for something is UNLV football. Yeah. So they're going to have the biggest swing. In outcome. So currently polling at 0% on our (laughs) poll sponsored by nobody. (laughs) If they win, they'll be at 100%. Should be the answer there. So that's uh, your local look. If if UNOV loses, there's a big conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, seven straight losses to end a season where you were four and one. They play on Saturday. We won't be back on the air till Monday. And actually, you won't even be here. Come on, Ed. When are you going to be in Seattle? Come on. But. That's what we're talking I'm about. Monday. Seattle. <laughs> That's what we're talking about Monday, right? I mean, well, either way, right? Ra- Raiders, Raiders game will be played. We'll talk about the Raiders for sure, but UNLV football is probably the number one thing we talk yeah, about. On because Monday. either way, it's going to be a story, right? Because there's a really good chance if they win that game, they're actually going to a bowl game, and that's monumental for UNLV, and we might talk about how it's the ultimate moral victory if you go to a bowl game at 5-7. and seven. Oh, is there such a thing? <laughs> it is the ultimate moral victory that becomes a tangible thing. If they are 5-7, and seven, you don't. that doesn't count as a bowl team, but they'll actually go to a bowl game. If a lot of stuff right. happens. That, that is the ultimate moral victory, right. where we're 5-7 and seven and we got invited to a bowl game because there weren't enough 6-6 six and six teams. You had about 13 teams le- you listed yesterday, but only four were favorites. Right. There are 13 teams that are 5. So there's uh, 7 spots left. 
for bowl eligible that the, the need to fill bowl games, right? And there are 13 teams that are five win teams going into the final day of the regular season. And so obviously if all 13 of those win, then, then, it's over. then UNLV can't go. If seven matter. of those 13 win, yeah, doesn't UNLV matter. can't go. But only four of those 13 are favored. So if even if the four favorites all won and there were two upsets. You're still looking at a spot. You got a shot there. Um, I think it, who was it? Rice has a higher APR. So if Rice gets to five wins, UNLV will still be behind them in the pecking order. Uh, but outside of that, I don't think anybody else had a higher APR that could finish with five wins. So UNLV's got a shot there. Thanksgiving tomorrow. Is this the best sports Thanksgiving ever? Oh, because of all the uh, all the games in terms of the three NFL games, yeah. I mean, college football schedule. You go through it. We have three NFL World games Cup. where we have five teams with winning records and two legitimate Super Bowl contenders in the Bills and the Cowboys. Now, they don't play each other, but we've got five good teams on Thanksgiving Day. College football, there's only one game. It's the Egg Bowl. I tell you every year to watch it because ridiculous stuff happens in the <laughs> And the Bowl. coaches are insane. The, right. and the coaches it's are out of their minds. Wade Kiffin and Mike Leach, watch the Egg Bowl. It's going to be great. If it ends in a tie, they're just going to bare knuckle box. <laughs> <laughs> at, at midfield. And then the World Cup schedule. Granted, they start at 2 a.m., but you get four World Cup games, including Brazil's playing, Brazil's one of the playing, World Cup favorites. Portugal's playing. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal day of that. And on top of that, you get college basketball where the first college basketball game starts at 8 a.m. and the last one tips at 9:30, which right? is early for UNLV if they were <laughs> if they were scheduled for Thanksgiving that'd be early. It's like why are you why are you starting your game so early? And we've got some like Alabama plays Michigan State. That's a ranked matchup. Purdue plays West Virginia, UConn, Oregon, and Villanova plays T.J. Atzelberger and Iowa oh. State. There's some good matchups. Duke and Gonzaga both play on Thanksgiving Day, but it's like Portland State against Gonzaga and right. Duke plays. Some unranked team. So two of the high-end teams play. They just don't happen to play each other. But that's a ridiculous schedule. There is, there's not even any NBA or NHL. Both of those leagues are taking Thanksgiving completely off. Neither of those leagues are even playing. And it's a phenomenal schedule for Thanksgiving Day. Here's You want to know what my complaint is? That we haven't talked enough about T.J. Osselberger, who's, who's 3-0. and uh, He never loses in the non No, he doesn't. So, my, no, my complaint is that Thanksgiving... Uh, we are going to my fiance's parents' house and they do not have three TVs mounted on the wall like I do. You're bringing a TV? I'm probably going to bring just my laptop and put it on there. All my TVs are mounted on the wall. I can't just easily take them. That's the amount of effort that I think you need to show (laughs) in order to, like, prove to them, guys, you need more TVs. They do. They do. They've got a really cool, like, um, uh, what's the word, projector TV. Right, right. It's, it's very cool, but it's only one TV at a time. A little, a little disappointing. They so. understand when you you have to be called to dinner because you've not said one word oh, to anyone. What, oh, they are phenomenal. Oh, they're great. The amount of times that I'll miss just like a dinner or something because I'm like, nah, I'm gonna watch something on TV at home. Happens regularly. You don't go over. So yeah, it happens. It happens. She goes over by herself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Come on. Yeah. What else would I do? What are you talking about? Come on. They they will sometimes schedule things around. Hey, when do you need to watch a game? And I'll tell them. Like Tuesday's usually a good day. Let's go Tuesday. My goodness. Did they? <laughs> by the way, I assume they're not frequent listeners. But did they like give you the seal of approval? Like, well, we're really proud of the vasectomy. 
No grandkids for us. Uh, they didn't say. I don't think either one of them had a, a strong opinion on it. Well, not one that they I think, told you. I think before the procedure, they knew your feeling about having oh, children. Yes, I mean, 100%. I think they knew that. Yeah, this. Yeah, this was not. We did not spring <laughs> upon her parents or my parents that we do not have any interest in having kids. Right. That was not like new information for them. So they were fully aware. Now, of does that. she have siblings with children? Yeah. Uh, no, she's the oldest. She's got two brothers who are younger. Okay. Uh, and okay. Ne- neither one has kids. Um. So no, there are no grandchildren yet on her side yet. On my side... Oh, you're taking care of Yeah. Well, here's the interesting part. My So, me and my older... my I have an older brother and sister. They have five kids between the two yeah. of them. But they're only my half-brother and sister. So, we have different dads. So, technically, my dad does not have a blood grandchild yet. And I have a younger sister. She has not had a kid. I don't think she's as anti-kid as me, but she's not all like, I've got to have a kid. She's not fired up about it. Right. So we'll see. The The main person who was upset about the vasectomy was my father. He was unhappy. Yeah. I mean, he's, again, he was fully aware of our thoughts on children. Right. Right. But yeah. He was, he was the most upset. And even then he wasn't that upset about it, but it is what it is. Tough luck. Tough luck. Tough luck. Tough luck. <laughs> he watches our dogs sometimes when we go out of town, so he can take care of those as our grandkids. Those can be his grandkids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's the same. It is. It's exactly the same. They're great. So, yeah. Quickly to update the poll UNLV football, 0%. <laughs> to have the best weekend? No one believes in this mystical bowl game. What's right. leading? Oh, UNLV basketball. All right. If you posted it in reverse, Who's going to have the worst Thanksgiving? Would UNLV football be leading? Do you want me to do that during the break? No, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that. But I mean, they're again. Well, well got... we get accused of being negative, so it's probably for the best that who will have the best Thanksgiving yeah. rather than what we would traditionally do. Who's going to have the worst Thanksgiving? Me without four TV screens. That's the pride. It's going to be me. Yeah, it's going to be you. Like, what are we doing? And you know what else I found out? The Egg Bowl starts at four. Thanksgiving dinner scheduled for four o'clock. Oh no. You in front of the television with the food? Would they be okay with that? Or would yeah. the girlfriend say, no, it's Thanksgiving. We're we're going to sit at the table. I'll sit at the table. That's fine. Um, I can lean back and see the TV from their kitchen table. So I'll be fine. I'm just imagining a table where they've set it up that like, oh, no, that's that's great grandpa's spot. We always set it as like a tradition. <laughs> and Tyler's just like, yeah, but you can see the TV from there. So we're hey, sharing. Gr- the hey, seat. hey, Gramps, down the table. Move over. All right. Coming up next, UNLV basketball. Can they win the SoCal Challenge tonight? Try to get into Rodriguez. Rodriguez able to go out to the oh wing God. and get it. Oh. And they call an offensive foul on Luis Rodriguez. That's a flop. That's just a flop. That is a terrible call. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. I don't know what play that was that John Sandler was very upset about. I will say, uh, anecdotally, I don't know if anybody actually tracks this. Through five games, I, UNLV's got to lead the country in total offensive fouls called in their games. Refs love to call charges in UNLV games. Like, UNLV probably tries to draw charges more than the average team, but it's like the refs call one in the first two minutes, and then every single drive to the basket is now an offensive foul. On both sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, both ways it goes. There was, in the, the last game, there was, I think... Two straight possessions and like three out of five possessions, there was an offensive foul called. And I'm like, all right, if you drive to the rim and there's a defender in the area and he hits the ground, 
It's a charge. That's an offensive foul. It's like they love to call it every time. It's crazy. Um, couple of notes on the show today. It's Wednesday. We don't have a show the rest of the week, so we're giving away or trying to give away $100 later this hour. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center. Gabe won 1100 bucks last week. Job, Somebody Gabe. finally got the three games correct. We're going to do that again. We start back over with $100. So a little bit later this hour, you could win $100. Bucks. Uh, Ken Bulky is going to join us live from Qatar. Hopefully. Qatar, Ken. Yeah, hopefully that goes well for us. Uh, he's over there to watch the World Cup. I believe he's going to Canada's game today, and we're going to talk to him before he goes to that. Um, and also, Jeff Erickson is going to be by today because we're not on the air tomorrow to answer your fantasy football questions. So that's in the 9 o'clock hour. If you've got fantasy football questions, tune in at 9. You can text them in to us, and we will ask them uh, to Jeff Erickson. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, unrelated to UNLV basketball here, when does the TV turn on on Thanksgiving in your house? Uh, when I get up. Okay. All yeah, right. when I, I mean, I don't I mean, you and I have talked about this. I'd love to sleep beyond 530, but just conditioned to. Doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> Okay. I just didn't know if there was going to be some like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. We've got to spend time with family. Leave the TV off situation. No, my daughter's in town. Arrived last night. Uh, boy, ta- I'll tell you one thing. Talk about the airport. Busy? Oh. oh, trying to pick her up. It was packed in passenger pickup. I mean, the line was out the airport. It was not good. She kept texting, how far are you? How far are you? We get the end of the line, how far are you? It's like, we'll get there. Just stand at the end. We always have her, you know, yeah, stand at the end. Pick a pole. Yeah. yeah stand at a, a number. Yeah. Tell us the number. number. We'll be there. Yeah. Stand at the end so we know where you're at. And Ooh, she, you're she, brave. There's At the end, there's normally a Mercedes with all four doors open just <laughs> parked there with a... With one of the uh, local or with one of the police officers or security guards going, you can't bark here. <laughs> and it's like, all oh, the doors are open. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know what I saw the last time I flew? Um, it was when I was coming back from Houston because I had such an early flight. I got in super early. People getting dropped off to go to the airport in passenger pickup. Huh? What? Because it was it was very early in the morning, so there was nobody in passenger pickup. It was like right. me and one other guy waiting to get a ride. But five or six people in like the five to ten minutes that I was waiting, five or six people, car rolls up, person gets out, grabs their suitcase out of the back of the car, and walks in. I mean, that kind of defeats the purpose of driving up to the departures and just getting out at your airline. Well, to me, it felt... Genius. If you don't have to check a bag. Well, if you okay, if you don't have to check a bag, I was saying if you do because then, then you just you just walk in, you go, I believe, up the uh, you elevator, go up the escalator, and you're right you there the at one of the security gates. Yeah. And you don't and, and I mean he's not wrong now that I'm thinking about it. All right, so everyone who's listening, this is a hack. <laughs> I, I think it is, because every time that I've flown early in the morning leaving Vegas, drop off is ridiculous. There's just thousands of people getting dropped off at the same time so if you go to passenger pickup and there's nobody there you just walk right in don't have to worry about if you don't have to check though right if you don't have to check i guess technically if you have to check you could go down well you keep on walking yeah you got to walk a little ways but that does defeat the purpose but if you don't have to check a bag drop off and passenger pickup now what time did you pick your daughter up from the airport yesterday 10 20 in the morning or no, at, at night. night. Yeah. If you're going, I think probably anytime after 10 in the morning, passenger pickups probably going to be ridiculous. Right. So probably don't do it unless you're worst I've ever seen flight. it last night. 
Worst I've ever seen it. Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was. It was oh, I have to assume today. Oh, you're probably right. We're, thank goodness we're not going today. We went last night. When do, you, when do you fly disaster. to Seattle? Saturday morning. Okay. Yeah, it might suck. Might be bad, huh? Yeah, that might be bad. Well, people go home Saturday or Sunday. I mean, most would leave on Sunday, I'd assume, but it might not be great. Yeah, thanks for the preview. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I don't check, though. So Passenger pickup. <laughs> I'll tell the Uber driver. And where are you going? Just go past. Uh, we're here to pick someone up. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Telling you, it's a great, it's a great way to go about this. I, I think it is, anyways. I don't know how those people. I don't know how well they did getting in, but to me, I was sitting there watching. I was like, "This is a great plan. I got to steal this idea. Great idea." So yeah. If you don't check, do you right. check usually? If I'm no, if I'm flying by myself, no, no I don't either. My my fiance always checks a suitcase. Does not matter where we are going. She brings enough stuff that she has to take us. That she has to check. Yes. So it can be a three-day trip. <laughs> it could be it could be a one-day trip, and I'm pretty sure she'd end up checking, checking a suitcase. That sounds like inefficiency in packing. She just takes too much stuff. I know, but haven't you haven't you seen those TikToks where like a guy will like fold like nine like nine full no, outfits? No, it's not too much clothes. It's like the stuff she cleans her face with. Oh, yeah, no. Or like some special shampoo yeah. she thinks she has to yeah. have or for three days or just the world ends. Ooh, yeah. Having traveled somewhere with an ex-girlfriend and having security throw away whatever expensive shampoo. Yeah, no, check that, check yeah. that, check that. So, yeah, she's always checking your bag, in which case either I just check a bag too because whatever, we got to wait. Yeah, or you I as just well. throw stuff just in her Just have bag. your backpack. But she rarely has room. Yeah, she doesn't have room very often. But no, yeah, checking bags, it's ridiculous. All right, we did not talk about UNLV basketball. We'll do that next. Stevenson taps it for Martinez. Back to the left, Stevenson in the circle. It's Stone, the righty side of that. Petrangelo, he scores! Alex Petrangelo, and the Knights take the lead 5-4. to four. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. All right, I got another Thanksgiving question as I completely avoid sports. Um, who cooks? To what? Thanksgiving Day, who cooks? Uh, my wife and daughter. Usually me. I was going to say, I think Jeffy, like Jared's the one that's cooking. What are you cooking Thursday, Jared? We, for once, due to lack of family, are actually going out for Thanksgiving. Oh, you are? Oh, look at yeah. you. Okay. Uh, we had a situ- an everyday, or everybody loves Raymond situation where we had family members living across the street. They no longer, well, they're no longer living, but they no longer live across the street. And so we're kind of like, go out to dinner, go out to dinner, go out to dinner, go out to dinner. How many will you be bringing in the family to dinner? Two. So it's going to be me and my parents. Oh, your sister's not around? No, she's in Kansas City. Okay. So this is going to be a weird one. Thanksgiving food any good? I mean, I guess it depends on Rolls, which dishes you're eggs, talking about. Rolls, deviled eggs, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. Those are all good. The all sides the are good. Starch. The starch side, is great. The sides are good. But Thanksgiving food, most overrated holiday of the year is Thanksgiving. Ham. Oh, you have ham? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ham's, you have ham and a turkey. turkey. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. really? got to be ham. You do both. And the problem is that's because the turkey always comes out. Yeah, if I had to pick one. We're, go, we're going ham over turkey. Right. Every single time. 
so much better. What you do is you take a dot. If you take like a, you can cook it in Dr. Pepper, and it creates like a really nice like sticky crust that you're like, ooh, this is nice. It does sound delicious. The best part about Thanksgiving for me is other people cook for me. It's, I love it. It's great. Yeah. Do they make a ham? Uh, I don't know if we're having ham. I don't actually, I don't do any cooking, so I don't actually have a say in what we what Nor we have. should you if yeah. you're not doing oh, anything. That's per- I'm perfectly fine with that. I'll show up, I'll eat whatever you put out there. No doubt about it. I hope we have a ham. I did, I did get asked what sides I wanted and what dessert I wanted. Ooh, okay. I mean, pumpkin pie and apple pie are the desserts. What's the sides? Uh, I think I requested mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. Excellent side. Excellent Those are side good sides. Those are good sides. I don't know if we're going to have deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. Do you have stuffing? Uh, I'll eat it, but I, I wouldn't like it, request it. Stuffing is only good if it's like somebody's grandma who's yes. like from like Austria. <laughs> yes. Like if it's that recipe, if it's, and I don't know if they're a sponsor. So uh, if you're, it's a particular <laughs> ba- brand from a box that tastes like cinnamon and oh, cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you make stuffing? Yes, I do. Do you and include sausage or any kind of meat products? Pork bacon. Products? Normally, yeah. f- like a fatty bacon right. gets added, added incorporated, in. and celery gets thrown all the way the hell out the, the club. Oh, really? Yeah, no no celery. Really? Okay. That's I'm bad. On board. But I'm on board with Jared's stuffing over here. Sounds good. My favorite thing, and I don't know if any members of your family do this, is that you have to buy extra of like the onion things that go in the green bean casserole no one eats the green bean casserole no. everyone just sits there and just like walks by and just takes full-on like bites of the fried onion strings do you make sweet potatoes yams typically yeah but like uh some sort of yam based dish or sweet potato dish it depends on whatever's available but yeah wow no marshmallows no no, no, not on top? No. All right. This isn't dessert. Dessert's its own category we'll get to later. <laughs> My mother loves green bean casserole. Really? Like, it's got to be something for, about people like who were in their teens in the 70s. I don't, I, I don't, like, she loves it. Like, it's always there. And I'm like, what are we doing? Nobody wants this. Just, I, I'd rather just eat the green beans. Right. It's, right. Just cook the green beans, and I'll put them on my plate, and I'll probably eat those right. before I eat the green bean casserole. Yeah. Green beans are super easy. You literally, like, parboil them, get them cold, and then you just, like, take bacon and some, like, salt and pepper and heat them up in a pan, yeah. and they're fine. They're good. They're done at that point. And instead, it's like, we're going to take a can of cream of mushroom soup and <laughs> pour it on top of another can of green beans. <laughs> All right. UNLB basketball. Currently... Polling at 39.3%. They play Minnesota tonight. The winner, the San Juan Capistrano. Uh, it's always what you want. SoCal Challenge champs. It's at 730. Um, Ken Palm projects UNLB to win 65-62. High scoring. Yeah. I'm going to give you some Minnesota basketball stats. Oh, I can't wait for this. Early in, early in the season, but Minnesota so far this year is playing at the 15th slowest pace in the country. Very slow basketball team. UNLV, by the way, 67th fastest. UNLV is playing pretty fast so far this season. Uh, Minnesota is shooting 54% on free throws. How bad is that? That is the 10th worst mark in the country. Um, Minnesota does not shoot a lot of threes. 
uh, 247th in terms of percentage of shots that are three-pointers. That's Minnesota. UNLV, meanwhile, allows the 10th most threes in college basketball so far this season. So I'll be curious to see Minnesota, a team that tries to get inside the paint a lot more than uh, a lot of the teams UNLV's played recently. Curious to see if Minnesota is able to do that or if Minnesota becomes a team that has to shoot a lot of threes because of UNLV's defense. Uh, Minnesota does not foul. They're the second best team in the country in opponent free throw rate. UNLV's 61st in the country in offensive free throw rate. UNLV gets to the line a lot, but Minnesota has not fouled very much this season. Uh, Minnesota is the 11th tallest team of the country. They are probably going to play a seven footer and I think a six ten guy at the same time. Uh, just for reference, Dayton was the ninth tallest team in the country. So, you know, we beat a really big team once and Minnesota is the worst team in the big 10, 148th in Ken Palm. That certainly says a lot about UNLV's chances of winning and going to six and oh, I feel like, okay. Ken Palm projects UNLV to win by three. I'm not fully bought into UNLV being like, oh, yeah, they're clearly a top 50 team or anything like that. And their offense hasn't been good enough to think that they're actually going to blow teams out. But I feel like UNLV should win this game and win it um, easily. Easily is the wrong word, but easily for what UNLV normally does, right? I feel like UNLV should win this game. And it should be, yeah. a, and it should not be a, we're down eight at halftime and we need to keep them from scoring for nine straight minutes to come back and win. I mean, I think they've played well. I've watched a lot of basketball over the last two days, and you watch the best teams in the country, and this is unfair because it's true with a lot of a lot of teams, obviously. I don't think they're top 50 either. You see some of these teams, you're like, whoa. Um, because, you know, after watching UNLV Live against Dayton, and again, that could be a lot of teams. I'm not just saying that, but we specifically talk about UNLV because it's a team we cover. But I watched some Maui last night and some other tournaments, and there's some really good right. teams. Right. Really good it's, teams. UNLV, again, defensively, they look like they're already there. I think the schedule hasn't been that great. They're probably going to play uh, some team somewhere in the Mountain West that has some success against their defense. Defense, though, looks like they're 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 there. It's the offense that's not very good. Right. I mean, they, they offensively have just been struggling to win to to score points and win games. Like UNLV, they've done enough because their defense been so good. But UNLV's offense has not actually been good this year. I'll give you so. Uh, EJ Harkless, who's been there. I think Keyshawn Gilbert's actually leading with scoring, but EJ Harkless has sort of been their number one guy to create shots. His offensive rating this year is 96.2. Like a, a, a average is about a hundred. He's below average offensively in terms of efficiency. That's not very good when your best player is well below average. Bryce Hamilton last year was like 108, 109 or something like that. So Hamilton was much more efficient on a lot more shots. Harkless is not super efficient this year. Keyshawn Gilbert has been because he like hasn't missed a three the entire season, but they're not efficient offensively and they grind out enough points because their defense is good enough. Right. That that works, but they're not good enough offensively to, to in my mind, end up being an NCAA tournament team, despite how well they've started. Maybe they'll get there. Maybe they'll win enough games 52 to 49, but that's, that's to me still a big question. However, they should beat Minnesota tonight. That shouldn't be a big problem. I mean, not not from the stats you gave. I mean, they're just not, Minnesota's not any good. I mean, again, UNLV's only projected win by three by Ken Palm, but I just don't expect them. So let me ask you this on UNLV. When do they lose their first game? I'll read off the schedule. Uh, you can stop me when you think they lose. Minnesota tonight, Life Pacific, their first and only road game of the non-conference at San Diego. At San Diego. Hawaii, Washington State, San Francisco, Southern Miss, 
at San Jose State, San Diego State. I think they could lose to San Diego because it's a true road game and they're not mm-hmm. that bad a team. Um, San Francisco, I think, won a tournament in the last few days. They're playing pretty well, better than we probably thought, losing their coach and losing a lot of players. That was, that's actually what I was going to say is they lost their coach that we like. But right, they still seem to be doing okay. They won, I think they won a tournament. They they are I know they've won their last two. San Francisco is six and zero. Yeah, uh, they only have one top one hundred win. That's over Wichita State. What's Washington State? Uh, let's see, Washington State, uh, not the greatest. They are two and two, and they are ranked seventy second by Ken Palm. Uh, Washington State lost to Prairie View A and M. Okay, All right, that's a tough team. I've seen UNLV lose to them a couple times. <laughs> And they lost to Boise State as well. Also a tough team. I've seen UNLV lose to them a couple times. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you the surprise upset on the schedule. Southern Miss. Okay. Southern Miss. Ooh, directional started, school. Southern Miss started the season ranked 324th in Ken Palm. They are already up to 214th. They have climbed over 100 spots in Ken Palm. They are 5-0. and Now, um... Two of those wins are against non-Division One teams. But they went to Vanderbilt and won by 12. 60 to 48. Oh, it's a UNLV score. Was the score in that game. They also went to Liberty. Liberty's ranked 108th in Ken Palm, so a decent team. And won. And then they just beat Winthrop. Winthrop's not that good. But they beat Winthrop by 25. Southern you think Miss, that's their first loss? I do. I'm really? You, the you surprise, think they're winning all those games? The surprise upset here is that UNLV gets off to, what would that be, like an 8-0? 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11, 0. 11 and 0 start, and then Southern Miss comes in and beats UNLV. Wow. I like it. I mean, I don't like I mean, I don't. So that would be but, their final non-conference game of the season. Right. And here, here's the other part about this. Southern Miss's schedule. All right, they're in a tournament. They play uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne next. Um, after that, they play non-Division One Mobile, and then Montana, Northwestern State, back-to-back games against Lamar. Back-to-back. And then McNeese State. To Before read off, UNLV. I'm going to read off the Ken Palm rankings of those teams. 212, 336, 358, 358, 351. We're going to get like 11 and 0 UNLV against 11 and 0 Southern Miss <laughs> right before Christmas. And I'm not going to be sure either team has a good win by that point. Like it, n- neither team's playing a good schedule. So that's my surprise. UNLV loses their final non-conference game right before Christmas to a like 10 and 1 Southern Miss basketball team. There's your prediction. All right. That's a huge one. You're going right. 11 and 0. Real well, it'd be really fun. They're eleven and zero, and then the biggest letdown you could possibly have right before conference, right? Losing to Southern Miss last game, right before you start conference play. I guess the biggest letdown would be losing that San Jose State game before they play San Diego yes. State, because there is a chance. I don't think it'll happen, but there is a chance you've got like twelve, thirteen and zero UNLV against a top twenty-five San Diego State, right? And if yeah. UNLV's thirteen and zero, they're going to be in the top twenty-five too. Yes. If they keep yeah, winning, absolutely. they're going to they're going to be Yes, the top you keep 25. winning games no matter who you play. Right. If you have the zero, you're getting in. Okay, that's that was my question. Is the is 11 and 0 the the week that they get put into the rankings and then immediately Southern 
No, they'll be in before eleven and zero. Okay. If they beat eight, if they beat, nine I'd and say, 0, 10 and zero. I'd say Minnesota, Life Pacific, Hawaii. If they rip off those three, I think they'll be ranked. Wow. I mean, they're already getting votes. Yeah, I think if they win the if they win their next three, I well, think they're I mean, probably in the top twenty. UNLV football should have been receiving votes. Come on, votes. Arroyo, vote for your four team. and one, and vote for yourself. <laughs> All right, we've got a hundred dollars. We're trying to give away. It's the Dollar Loan Center Friday football frenzy. Call in now. Be caller number five at 702-364-1100. We'll give you three NFL games coming up this week. If you can correctly pick the winners, you'll win $100. Caller five right now, 702-364-1100. I should have known. She didn't like me. I don't think anybody likes you. Jared, if you put your hands up like that again, we're getting a new producer. I like me. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. It is Friday Football Frenzy on a Wednesday because we're not here on Friday. That is brought to you by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. Uh, Gabe won $1,100 last week by correctly predicting three winners. He was our first winner of the season. So we go back to 100 bucks, and every time somebody loses, it will roll over to the next week. Uh, this week... We've got Matt. All right, Matt, here are your three games. I am just giving you all three Thanksgiving games, by the way. First one is Bills at Lions. Let's go, Bills. Second, Giants at Cowboys. Let's go, boys. And the last is Patriots at Vikings. Uh, Let's go, Vikings. All right. If the Bills, boys, Cowboys, and Vikings all win... You are taking home a hundred bucks. If not, that'll roll over. Good luck, Matt. Hopefully good luck, you have Matt. A good Thanksgiving. Thank you guys. Have a good Thanksgiving. You too. So there is Matt. Um, this is a relatively easy group of games. Third one mm. might be a little. I dicey. would have picked the Patriots, but the first two seem fairly easy. Yeah. I mean, the Lions. The Lions just came out and looked pretty good. Three Against, in a row. Who I think they, they won three the in a row. I thought they, all right, yeah. I mean, they won three straight? I'm just saying. Okay, let me ask you this. Is Josh Allen's elbow okay? He's been doing some old Josh Allen stuff. I mean, they keep winning. They're still they're still winning. I mean, playing the Browns helps, but they're still winning. But, yeah, he's, he's had some weird throws lately that I'm like, that looked like Josh Allen year one right there. Josh Allen against UNLV? No, because then that was still, he was thrown for what, 40? He threw two picks against the UNLV defense that had like five all season. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. He, he's he's <laughs> looking. I remember that. The UNLV beat Josh Allen and Wyoming here. It was uh, an overtime game, and the, the final score was like 40. 66 oh, 63. That's what it was. Oh, that's right. It was like, that's right. Nobody could get a stop right. with the exception of these two UNLV picks. Right. Like that was it. They weren't. If Josh Allen threw it to not a defensive back, they were scoring a touchdown every single time. But twice he threw it to a defensive back, and UNLV won because of that. And Wyoming, I don't know what the hell was going on with Wyoming's defense. That had to be Tony. Yeah, it was Tony Sanchez. Like they just, yeah, UNLV didn't have to throw the ball. They just handed it off. We're going to run it, and we're going to score sixty points. And then we're going to pick off this Josh Allen guy a couple of times. <laughs> and we're going to win the game. It's a good strategy. I Let's remember go. that now. Yeah. So all right. So the li- all the Lions got to do is hand it off to Jamal Williams <laughs> <laughs> and pick him off twice. All right. Uh, we got the newest college football playoff ranking last night. Your top four uh, remains Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. 
Moving up to number five with Tennessee's loss, LSU. USC comes in at six, Alabama at seven, Clemson at eight. So I can't, I I just, I know it's the SEC, but moving them ahead of USC. I I, don't know. I don't know. here's, Here's what I'll tell you. LSU at five. I believe LSU at five exists solely to make sure Georgia stays in the college football playoff if Georgia loses the SEC title game. Because assuming LSU, what do they play, A&M this weekend? Assuming LSU beats Texas A&M, which it's Texas A&M, then LSU will be a two-loss team in the conference championship game, ranked fifth in the country. Maybe they actually might be fourth in the country because they might put them ahead of the Michigan-Ohio State loser. Uh, The Michigan-Ohio State loser, yeah. But what that will mean is if Georgia loses to the number four or five team in the country. They'll, no, they will not get knocked out of top four. Georgia will still be in the college football playoff yeah. while LSU goes as a two-loss SEC champion. Yeah. That's what I, if Georgia wins the SEC title game, LSU is irrelevant. They're a three-loss team. They, they don't matter anymore, which I think is what happens. But I think this is just a contingency plan for, okay, we got to make sure if Georgia loses, we still can justifiably say, they're in they're the college football team playoff number one. because they lost one game and it was to the fourth-ranked team in the country or something like that. Um, the we curious, set them up for a quality loss. Exactly. And, and again, LSU, it's not like LSU should be ranked 18th. LSU should be in the top 10. But I do believe they're ahead of USC for that reasoning. Now, the big question that I think, um, well, it's college football, so I shouldn't even pretend like everything's going to play out nicely. But my big question is going to be, Loser of Ohio State-Michigan, 11-1, and one, will not play for the Big Ten title. Does that team have a shot at the college football playoff? I think they playoff? definitely have a shot. I think they definitely have a shot. Who? If you ask our buddy Adam Hill, they n- neither of those teams should play anyone this week. <laughs> they should all play their third stringers, <laughs> and both teams are going to make the playoffs. So in the scenario of the one loss, the loser of that game being 11-1, and one, and potentially having 12-1 and one USC as a Pac-12 champ and 12-1 and one Clemson as an ACC champ, who gets in? I think the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. I believe if it's Ohio State losing that game, Ohio State's in. If it's Michigan losing that game, Michigan's out, USC's in. Okay. Yeah. USC has to win out. Yeah, obviously, yes. If USC loses and Clemson loses, then then, they're done. Yeah. But I think USC will end the year Notre Dame and probably Oregon, and those will be two quality wins that will put them ahead of a one-loss Michigan. Maybe not Ohio State, though.